You're listening to a 1FM podcast. It's that time of the week again. I've got Steve on the line, perhaps for the last time we're doing one of these little segments for the year, aren't we, Steve? Well, I think that might be right after our little previous discussion off air. And we've got a couple of, oh, one more important engagement at your studio coming up on Monday week, Josh. So yeah, and then, and then next it. week, yeah, and that'll be the that'll be the 19th. And then the week after is Boxing Day, so probably just going to have that off. Okay, oh, that's very kind of you to do that. <laughs> well, I'll be with my family in Melbourne, so I'll probably just pre-record something, and yeah, it'll be just <laughs> it'll be a hard week. I'll have to get everything lined up, but no. we'll probably just skip that week. But that's all right. We'll have enjoying Boxing Day. That'll be good. I know what I'll be doing on Boxing Day, Josh, and the same as you, probably. Well, no, I don't think... I know what you're going to say, watching the cricket, but i got the family, and there's only a few of us who like cricket, so we sneak off and try and have a look, but it's a bit hard. Mm, very ordinary, mate. Yeah, I know. I know. It'll, it'll be all right here. As my wife likes cricket too, so it'll be no problem. So there you go. Yeah. Anyway. Who are we talking about today? Well, we're talking, we, you know, we had a single person's name a couple of weeks ago, Lulu. The previous one we've done was Lobo. Oh. And I'm now going to go for a third one in about four or five weeks, Donovan. Yeah, <laughs> I love Donovan. He's one of my favourites. Well, that's good. Well, I hope I can do him justice because there's a heck of a lot of information. Yeah. Which I've had to cut down a bit, so hopefully we can do him justice. Well, that's good. I probably don't know that much about him personally, but I know his songs, so I'm going to learn something. Well, here we go. He was born Donovan Leach, L-E-I-T-H. T-C-H, I beg your pardon, on the 10th of May 1946 in Mary Hill, Glasgow, to Donald and Winifred. Contracted polio as a child, and this disease and the treatment left him with a limp. Now, I'm not sure whether it was a permanent limp or not, but it did say at that stage it left him with a limp. The family moved to a place called Hatfield in Hertfordshire, and he was greatly influenced by his family's love of folk music and began to play guitar at 14 as so many of these people seem to do. He dropped out of art school and then went to live life on the road became a bit of a hermit. He eventually came home and spent several months playing in local clubs learning cross-picking guitar technique from the local players. In 1964 he spent summer in Torquay in Devon and he was busking and learning traditional folk and blues. And later that year, he must have been going up pretty well because he was offered a management and publishing contract by Pi Records. And he recorded a 10-track de- demo tape, which included Catch the Wind. And he befriended Brian Jones of the Rolling Stones, who unfortunately left us very early by drowning in the... Yeah, pl- 20, 27 he was. Yeah, OK, he's under one of those 27 age groups. Yeah, 27 yeah. club, yeah. Yeah, and he started dating, actually, Jones's ex-girlfriend whose name was Linda Lawrence. I'll give you more information about that later on. In 1965, he actually split with his original management and he was eventually introduced to a fellow by the name of Mickey Most, who would produce music or records for artists such as The Animals, Lulu and Herman's Hermits. And then he proceeded to produce the majority of Donovan's songs after that, although Donovan said that some of the recordings were self-produced. We all know Catch the Wind was his first big hit in 1965. That uh, was four in the UK, five in Australia and 23 in the USA, and uh, worldwide hit. After its success and he freed himself from the Bob Dylan and Arlo Guthrie influences and immersed himself in jazz, blues and eastern music. His songwriting at that and recording actually reached its most creative stage as we'll find out. 
he was compared to Dylan on many occasions, but he and he came out and said, and I paraphrased some of his quotes, and he basically said, we were encouraged to mimic him and that all British singers were imitating American pop and blues artists, which is the way young artists learn, and that there is no shame in mimicking a hero. To be compared was natural, but I am not a copyist. So influenced, but not copied. I thought that was probably a fair comment. After contract issues with Pi Records, he signed a $100,000 deal back in those days. It was pretty big, I would have thought, with Epic Records in 1966. Now, the tracks were recorded for an LP, which was consisting of songs mostly which he composed the previous year, and they featured jazz, folk, rock, and psychedelia music. And instruments, it might interest in some of these instruments are quite interesting, such as the sitar, the saxophone, congas, harpsichord, strings and oboe were featured, so quite a variety. The UK version of the album unfortunately wasn't released until nine months later due to contractual issues. I reckon we've heard that story a million times. Sunshine Superman was released as a single before the album and this was another huge success. It reached number two in the UK, four in Australia and one in the US which gave it gold this status. Prior to this, Universal Soldier, and this was a song written by Buffy St. Marie, and he recorded this, and it reached number 13 in Australia and 53 in the USA. Uh, no record of how it went in the UK. And I think most Australians would say that Glenn Campbell's version, whilst it may not have been better, was certainly much more successful. One of the songs on the album, which was called The Fat Angel, I thought this was quite interesting, The Fat Angel was written from Mama Cass, and actually mentions Jefferson Airplane before they began came known. Then followed Mellow Yellow and that reached eight in the UK and Australia and number two in the US and gold this status again. And I uh, might add here that listeners probably already know the meaning of the lyrics. Yeah, I used to love it as a kid. <laughs> electrical banana. Now, if you don't know the meaning of it, I suggest you check Wikipedia or Donovan's autobiography. The Mellow Yellow LP actually reached 14 in the UK, so that was a pretty successful LP, that one. Unfortunately, and he would be one of many, he was arrested for the possession of cannabis in mid-1966 and was subsequently refused entry into the US until late 1967. In that year, he sung by the name of There Is A Mountain, not a song that I'm overly familiar with. It reached number eight in the UK, 25 in Australia and 11 in the US. He actually met with the Indian guru Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. He was, a, to use a modern-day term, he was a Beatle influencer. He publicly discouraged the use of drugs and, he, and that was highlighted on an album which was actually his fifth album and that was called A Gift from a Flower to a Garden. He was part of a group which included the Beatles, uh, Beach Boys lead singer Mike Love and Mia Farrow that travelled to meet the Guru again in early 1968. And whilst around the Beatles, he taught Lennon and McCartney finger-picking guitar styles which included the claw hammer which he'd previously learnt, and the Beatles used this technique on songs such as Dear Prudence, amongst others. 1968, after having in contact with the Beatles, the song called Jennifer Juniper, which was inspired by George Harrison's sister Jennifer, is another successful song, and it reached five in the UK, 16 in Australia, and 26 in the US. I think there was more songs inspired by her, wasn't there? I think there might have been. That's the only one that I could find. Yeah. There's another one here with your familiar with Josh, I'm sure, Hurdy Gurdy Man. Yeah, one of my favourites. And this was initially meant for Jimi Hendrix, would you believe? Ah, uh, he would have uh, done a good version of that. Yeah, I think Jimi would have done a good version. Yeah. Mickey most encouraged Donovan to record it. 
And it was another very successful song. It reached four in the UK, five in Australia and in the US. Several more albums followed, including in 1968, the Donovan in Concert, a recording of an Anaheim concert back in 67, a second children's album called HMS Donovan, and that was released in 1971, and the Hootie Gertie Man album, and that reached number 20 in the US. That was pretty successful also. It was a comedy film, which Josh, you may or may not be familiar with this, called If It's Tuesday, This Must Be Belgium. And this was in 1969 and starred Susan Plachette and Ian McShane. Mm. And this featured music by Donovan in which he wrote the title song. I vaguely know of it. Ian McShane's been around a long time. Right, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a pretty old movie, so I don't know. I didn't know whether you knew it or not. No, just sort of vaguely written to Bell. I haven't seen it. No, I'm not familiar with it, as you would expect. Now, Atlantis, now, not the uh, Shadow Magnificent Instrumental version, one of my favourite songs. This was a recorded song. It was actually, guess what? It was a B-side. <laughs> to a song called To Susan on the West Coast Waiting. But as quite often happens, we've sort of many times before, the DJ started playing Atlantis and it reached 15 in Australia and 7 in the USA. And this song featured in a violent scene in the 19... <laughs> yeah, 19, keep 19, talking. You, you, you keep know, talking. What movie is it? Goodfellas. Very good. And one of my favourite movies of all time. I've oh, seen this scene go. a lot of times. Yeah, okay. And that starred Martin Scorsese, is that right? No, he directed it. It's Robert yeah. De Niro. I directed it. I'm not there. I meant yeah. directed it. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. That was 1990, that film. Yes, I know. Well, I figured you did because I didn't know what I was going to say. But very impressed with that. Have you seen it? No. Oh, come on. You have to see it. Now, listen, I caught up with that classic Rio Bravo, which you mentioned to me. Give me a bit of time. I might catch up with a few more of these, but we'll see how we go. Okay. Now, in March 1969, which was prior to Atlantis, Donovan's greatest hits album was re- released, and that included four previous hits, and that reached number four in the US and became a gold-selling album. So his albums were pretty successful over a period of time. Now, his last hit, which is Baraba Jargal, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, Baraba Jargal, I I haven't heard the song, so I don't know. It was recorded in May 1969, and that reached number 12 in the UK. I'll spell that, B-A-R-A-B-A-J-A-G-A-L, Baraba Jargal. From the late 60s to the early 70s, that was his last song success, actually. From the late 60s to early 70s, he lived in a commune on the Isle of Skye. Now, after recording an album was called Open Road and deciding to tour the world promoting it and staying out of the UK to earn tax-free dollars. He actually suffered a gentle breakdown in Japan and after a while decided he would come home and he went back to a little cottage in the woods where he resumed his relationship with uh, this Linda Lawrence, as we mentioned earlier, and they married in 1970. They had two children, Astral and Oriole, and also the adoptive parents of Brian Jones' son, Julian. Oh, wow. That's yeah, cool. Which I wasn't aware of, and haven't left. They've, they've had quite a few issues with him. I think he's had a lot of trouble adjusting. I mean, he's fairly old now, but I think it was a fairly troublesome time for Julian after his father had passed away, and later on, obviously. He fathered two children to another woman called Enid Carl, and this was prior to reconciling and marrying Linda. I might say he's still married to Linda, been been married for over 50 years, so that's a good effort. Since then, he's released quite a few albums of various genres and appeared at concerts and given presentations about transcendental meditation. 
He received what they call a BMI icon at the 2009 annual London Awards. And this is given to the songwriters who have had, a, I quote, a unique and indelible influence on generations of music makers. I think that's a pretty fair comment. He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We got, we got someone in, Josh, anyway, <laughs> on the 14th of April 2012. I'll make a note here that looks like there's a heap of information on Donovan. I've only scratched, well, not scratched the surface. I've given a fair summary, but there's a heck of a lot more information if people want to check with Wikipedia and other sources. I've written down here a unique talent, unusual songs, but forever remembered. Yeah, yeah, I love Donovan, and <laughs> thank you very much. What song do you want to hear first? Well, between us, which one do you want to hear, Josh? Because I've chosen Catch the Wind because that's my favourite. But I'm happy for any of the others, such as Sunshine, Superman, Mellow Yellow, Jennifer Juniper. And I know that you quite like Hurdy Gurdy Man. I think we'll stick with the original. I think we'll go with Catch the Wind. Yeah, yeah, it's such a great song. And here it is. Uh, This is Donovan, Catch the Wind. And what a beautiful song it is, Donovan, Catch the Wind. It's a great song. Yeah, uh, I thought it was Bob Dylan originally when I first heard it. Yeah, Yeah. I think Donovan's voice is a little better than (laughs) Bob Bob Dylan's raspy voice, but Bob gets the message across, but I like that very much. Yeah, Yeah, I've seen it in a few movies as well, that song, so... Yeah, that's right. Just between us, we could uh, pick Sunshine Superman, Mellow Yellow, Jennifer Juniper and Hoody Goody Man. You can make a choice as to which one you want to play in any order you like. (laughs) Play them all. (laughs) Yeah, there's a few others that I really like as well. Been in numerous movies, music... Wise, his music's been used. To Die For uses Season of the Witch really well. I'm trying to think, really good Futurama episode uses Atlantis very well, and the movie Zodiac uses Hurdy Gurdy Man very well. There's a number of, uh, I can make a whole list of them, I'm just that's just off the top of my head. Yeah, that's what I was saying. There is that much information, and I just couldn't fit it all in, but certainly I thought all that information is contained in Wikipedia and other sources, so. Quite an influential person over a long period of time is our friend Donovan and very, very worthy of a mention in our show. Definitely ranks right up there with the best, I'd say. Yeah, he does. I love Donovan and thanks very much, uh, Steve. Well, next week you'll be in the studio with me. Yeah, I will be and that will be quite interesting. I've got a whole list of songs here which you probably won't like. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Which I'll send send to you in the next week or so and you can pick the eyes out of them and see what you think might be good and have you done your list yet Josh? Not yet I was going to come up with a list of songs that I like that I hope you like but you would never have heard of but I'll, I'll see I'll come up with something <laughs> yeah. the listeners might like them Josh I think that's more important isn't it not really no <laughs> but, but maybe I can make you watch Goodfellas as well but anyway thanks I'll check it out yeah well it's a long movie but anytime but uh, thanks Steve and I look forward to seeing you next week that'll be very good Josh and I'll see if I can check out Goodfellas in the meantime so everybody else out there stay healthy and look forward to talking to you from the studio in a week or two's time. Yeah, all the best. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for that, mate. Catch you. Bye. You've been listening to a 1FM podcast.